0: happening crypto land looks like we're having a busy week i'm phil this is the fun with crypto podcast and we are season two episode 13. all right i hope everybody's having a good week i know i am so we're still on our mit bitcoin series and in this episode i am going to present the recording that i captured of lightning implementations a scaling story and the speakers that you are going to hear are uh, Fabrice Drouin, uh Christian Decker, and Tajay Drija. And I hope I uh, pronounced all those names correctly. I apologize if I don't. Um, so yeah, so without further ado, here is uh, Lightning Implementations, a scaling story.
1: Hello everyone. everyone. Yeah. Yeah. If, so this is sort of the open panel. People have questions. And want to yell things? To do that. Um, I guess the history of payment channels. Is probably, you know, Satoshi wrote about it. Oh, I, I mean, yeah. I mean the, uh, the interesting part
2: is I, I just gave a lecture on this on uh, on uh, Thursday, and. Uh, oh, 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 I'm I'm a weak little, weak little engineer, so that doesn't count. Um. So. Uh, what I usually do is I ask people what what their first uh, what the first off-chain payment channel system is, and usually they, they will go for the Spielman style uh, payment channels, right? So unidirectional ones. I sign and give it to you, and then you have the choice. Um, but if you really squinted it sideways, the end sequence mechanism is already a payment channel mechanism where we could have a state represented by a transaction, and we could just just well, change it, it over and over again. It didn't work Right. And like the, it, 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 didn't, it, it didn't, but uh, but, it, but it was the idea was there. It's like it's the it end sequence.
1: And it, it goes up and it replaces, but it, in the early versions of Bitcoin there was the idea there of like let's have a pay he called them like high frequency channels or something. And it didn't actually work, but the idea was was certainly there. Yeah. 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 And I know that like Mike Hearn was working on implementations for Bitcoin J. So like the idea of payment channels was Sort of in Bitcoin from the beginning, uh, and then I guess the the Lightning side. There was then there's was uh, the the deep decrementing or your thing. Your yeah, the, decrementing the, the, time time locks. Uh, what was that
2: called?
3: Uh,
1: <laughs> du- duplex <laughs> market potential. Yeah, duplex- I I wanted to
2: grab the name and uh, uh, sort of grab the idea and, and name squat you guys, but that didn't help.
1: Yeah. So so then, but you know that one was you, you know the. the the time where it expires keeps getting closer and you can reverse direction that way. And then I guess with Lightning it was, uh, you sort of reveal key, you you needed uh, Check sequence Verify, which then sort of reintroduced the sequence and sequence field. Um, But this time it it worked in a consensus compatible way. Uh, And then, part of it then was also like, I guess it got like, it's sort of weird because it got like wrapped up in like, SegWit and, like, Bitcoin splitting and all these weird things. And so, like, I know a lot of people on, like, RPTC, like, hate lightning and, like, hate me. And it's like, oh, okay. Okay." Uh, And so it it has been, like, a weirdly polarizing thing. and Also, now there's all these, like, people on Twitter with, like, lightning little emojis in their names. I'm like, oh. So so it's not just a protocol, I guess. There's, like, all sorts of other things going on in there. Yeah.
2: I I mean, people really, really seem to like it. Identified with lightning. I probably should use this. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's fascinating how much how much of a, a grassroots movement this has become uh, from from a, an academic paper in 2015 uh, that was born out of an idea that we probably had all along. Well, which is always the case with Bitcoin, by the way. Uh, if you think you have a great idea, then it will be even a Bitcoin, 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 Bitcoin talk or a post somewhere at that, that, that Yeah. Right. Yeah. Someone's already thought, <laughs> um, and, and and all of a sudden this this whole thing is just taking off and exploding. And, and uh, uh, sometimes sometimes it's scary to look at the amount of money that is currently in the in the Lightning network, to be honest. Um, and
1: uh, it, it's just been a wild ride so far. Yeah. Although it, it you know twenty fifteen nobody really it wasn't you know so the first when Joseph and I published the paper, I was working at a different company. Uh, it wasn't something I worked on most of the time. Joseph just sort of hung it up. Like nobody really cared, and then like slowly it got to be more popular, and it was like, oh, you should work on this. Uh, so it wasn't, and I, mean, I think
2: for for stuff you we were working, like uh, other people too, if there wasn't as much interest. In, in 2014. Yeah, 2014. The the fun part is that sea uh, uh, lighting at least got started uh, by by Rusty uh, when he joined Blockstream and uh, he was like, hey, I'm. I'm I'm quitting my, my 20 years Linux uh, job, and I'm now, I'm now going to work on Bitcoin Core, and I'm freshening up on my C++. And Oh, by the way, I wrote this small blog post about how Lightning is working. So when he interviewed, he was told, yeah, uh, glad you can join. Uh, do you want to work on Lightning? Here's your own project. They were like, but I wanted to go
4: Bitcoin Core. Uh,
2: but uh, he, he seems to be OK with it now, and uh, I think he actually enjoys working on on Sea uh, Lightning a lot more than he would have done with Bitcoin Core
4: right now. And I think this is also something that is special about Lightning, uh, as opposed to other crypto projects. It's not driven by a single company or an entity. It's an open source project. The specs are open source. Anyone can can contribute. And then you have. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Th- then you have different implementations, and you can build your own from the specs. But it's it is a reduced really special structure that you don't find in, in many other projects. And I think that's one of the reasons why it has picked up the way it, it, has, uh, it has. Well,
2: to, to be fair, uh, the bold specs are probably not the easiest ones to read, and I'm probably also at fault for that. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I do agree that this, this having, having a spec come first and then everybody else implements it um, is, is really important. It, it also, having multiple companies work on this, Gives us this sort of trial by fire, right? We all come from different uh, different uh, directions. We all have different requirements. I mean, you concentrate mostly on uh, on, on mobile phones and uh, a device that that are very restricted in in, in both uh, resources and and, and bandwidth. Um, whereas we work on sort of a server side implementation, and and L and D is working on a desktop implementation. So your requirements are quite different from uh, from what. Uh, from what ours are and and still we managed by by through this proposal and discussion process we, we end up with a with a uh, solution that might not resemble the initial proposal anymore but which has has had this discussion and, and is now better for it.
1: We talk like the sort of future. So right now there's a you know a bunch of different companies, a bunch of people using it. Uh, I don't know if exchange, like, so initial thoughts were like, okay, exchanges, you shouldn't have to deposit to an exchange. I guess uh, Arwin, but what, what like some people, and uh, I know uh, Ethan and, yeah. in, in Boston is making, it's sort of, it's not, I don't know if he called, I think he does says it's not really a lightning channel because it works on coins without SegWit, And so it's <clears throat> similar, but not the same thing. But it, it, it does let you have a channel with an exchange. So instead of deposit, it's, Move move to one side of a channel if I want to buy or sell, um, and that's. But it's still pretty nascent. Like most exchanges aren't doing this, and so there's still a lot of custody. Uh, and I, I feel like hopefully we'll start to get you know less custody, more channels. Um, but like, what you, what about sort of the future? Like what What do you guys think are you know, use cases you're seeing or that that are starting or not not there yet? Um, that's a good one.
4: I'm not sure it's our job to think of these cases.
2: No, probably, probably it isn't. Probably we can't even come up with this. And, and, I mean, uh, when, when the internet was invented like 25 to 30 years ago, or when it became popular, uh, the, the guys, the big guns nowadays, did not exist, and, and we, wouldn't, we couldn't we, uh, even pre- uh, see what, what would be a, a useful thing. But there are use cases that I find personally interesting and that, that I find are worthwhile to, to pursue. And, and for me, that, that is one of the things that is utterly broken in the current uh, internet is, is how uh, content creators get, get, uh, get uh, paid for their contributions, right? Currently, we have this huge stack of advertisers and basically every, every company becomes this one trick pony as, as somebody from Henry Horowitz uh, mentioned uh, uh, recently is every, every single company out there that is doing something with the web currently has acquired some users, then become popular and then show them ads or create profiles for the users and then show them targeted ads because well, you can charge more for that. And why why are people actually using it? That? That's the only way to actually make money on, on the internet right now. And and that's, that's a really poor state of affairs and I would really like to have a system where where we can fairly compensate people that created uh, created content that we consume, without them having to go through all of these intermediaries and these intermediaries just collecting a bunch of profiles for us to uh, to to target us better. I mean that's that's sort of backwards, isn't it? And what ends up at at the content creator then is only a small fraction of what what the value. Charge to ad- uh, advertise advertisers. So, um, I think that's that's definitely a direction that I would like to go for. But I definitely don't claim that that it's it's the killer app that, that we're looking for, or that it will even you know, happen. It might be it be something that, that we can't think of uh, ourselves. Yeah. So Does
5: there's you a question. Help? Sorry, oh, sorry,
1: sorry, There is a question from the audience. Cool. Yep, uh, the network topology has been kind of a point of, con- point of
2: controversy. Um, do you, do you, does the current state of the network
1: concern you at all or when you look at
2: it, uh, do you, does it meet your expectations or is it deviate from your expectations of what the topology would end up like at this point of maturity? And do you think it's going to evolve in a different direction? So uh, one thing that, that that I recently read and uh, I, I can't really remember where it was, but it, it, they were basically saying that uh, that the current network really looks like a scale-free network. From uh, and, and one property for scale-free networks is that uh, they are pretty resilient to random failures. And uh, so so that's encouraging. On the other side, there are nodes with a with a with quite a lot of uh, capacity and a lot of. A high in-degree and uh, of of edges, and if there are targeted failures, we might end up with the with the network actually being
1: uh, being shut down. It's, it's tricky because that that also is more efficient, right? So like, right. If you, if you want efficiency, you have like a node with like really high degree, and then your your routes are going to be really short. Um, but then it becomes more fragile, and so it's like I think one of the other issues is there's not really attacks like we're not so we're not seeing. People aren't like trying to like actively hack and break this maybe the way I, I probably
2: shouldn't write up the ones that I came up with uh, <laughs> not sure I actually want to do that but right most most
1: of the people who are finding problems are the ones working on building this right it's not like you, you have like weird things being exploited and you have no idea what's going on um, so so if that's the case and then I think that's sort of the case in a lot of things in Bitcoin as well then yeah you're gonna gravitate towards a more efficient system that might be a little more
4: this is something that the network that you see with explorers is the public network, but it's, it's very different from what you actually have on Lightning. For example, terminal nodes, the one that either just send payments or receive payments, are not visible on the network. Mobile nodes are not visible on the network. None of the channels that are created for mobile wallets are, are visible on the explorers. So, what you see is actually the, the, um, the, the core network that actually does root payments. But the, the, the whole, there's a whole bunch of channels and nodes that you don't see. And as it is today, uh, with the number of nodes and channels you have publicly, you could serve a lot of users, millions of users, uh, without having more channels. You don't need to have one public node for every user or one public channel for every user.
1: But uh, uh,
2: Lightning Explorers also have a really bad track record about keeping their data up to date. Uh, so I'm pretty sure that some of them show really old, non-existent uh, you nodes know, uh, uh, that shouldn't be there anymore. And I think that there is a point in us attacking our own network, to be honest. Um, we should, we, we could try to, to run, up the, uh, run some of the attacks that are being talked about in academia. It's, it's, learning to find and, uh, and just discourage people from actually running these huge degree nodes that then become a single point of failure in the network. And uh, I, I think we should, we should probably uh, educate people about, uh, about the issues that a centralized network might have. We shouldn't exaggerate what these issues are. Uh, we should be realistic in, in what they are uh, uh, in both directions. Don't play them down and, and don't exaggerate them. Um, and we should test how efficiently uh, how efficient they are in, in destroying the network. And by doing so, we can we can build a better network.
0: Um. Uh, hi. So uh, could you perhaps uh, have a short discussion on uh, comparing HTLCs and the Interledger Protocol, particularly with respect of the capital lockup and how? Um, for example, if you have a trade that depends on an HDLC, you have an American call options problem?
1: Yeah, I'll definitely with so, so I, I think, that's I, I a Stanford thing where was, HDLC is considered harmful, was the name of the talk, I was like, words. Uh, the, so I, I'm, you know, as, okay, Joseph named them HDLCs, but as like, you know, introducing them, obviously, I think HDLCs are a great idea. Um, they, they certainly have their limitations, but in, in a system where you just sort of optimistically, you know, I'll send a Satoshi, forward it on, and then the receiving node says, yeah, I got it. I'm like, okay, I'll send another Satoshi, or maybe I double it each time right yeah. or something. Um, that can work in many cases. I think a, a, it's a big part of what is let you do is blame people. Um, is that if, you, if, if someone stalls, or if someone fails to release something, or, you know, it doesn't get through, you can have incentives where, like, so this isn't, like Rusty keeps talking about it, but it's not actually implemented where you say, okay, I demand a proof that some channel downstream from me has closed. Right. Uh, and then I can very quickly see, like, okay, this is the person whose fault it was, so I don't have to close. Uh, so that kind of thing is much harder when you don't have uh, an HTLC, and and then you can get for multiple hops. It's not clear who, who did the wrong thing. Uh, so I think a lot of... and. So I don't know exactly the details of how Interledger deals with like blaming people, um, but once you get to like longer channels where you have you don't you're not even sure who's in the middle, HLC's uh, a big part of it becomes about blaming people. Well, and
2: and of course uh, HLCs are constant in time, whereas streaming payments aren't.
1: Yeah, and you, you can make it sort of all or nothing. Uh, so like the I I guess people the optionality of swaps. I guess in, in, in the bold spec anyway, there's nothing about multiple currencies. <laughs> Uh, like people, like so that's sort of a separate angle that people are looking at. I I think like yeah, it is a downside in that if you want, I want to trade, you know, bitcoins for litecoins. I guess that's the stick with um, Yeah, that whoever you know whoever is releasing that our value, they have a lot of you know freedom in when they do so. Um, but that can
0: be priced in. I guess you know I I don't think the solution is okay. Let's try to crank the knob to make it like
1: really tight timing. On these different chains, I think the solution is okay. Well, you're you're not buying direct swaps. You're buying this option, and the person who's who's at the end who releases their value, well, they pay some more, because they've got this this time. There. Um, have, you, have you
4: looked at? Um, uh, we focus on Bitcoin mostly. We experiments on Litecoin because we have a choice. Um, wait, wait, you focus on Bitcoin? What's that? <laughs> so no, we don't plan to do it.
2: Uh, we, we've also rejected quite a few uh, pro, uh, pull requests for uh, alternative currencies because well it, it's just a burden to support them and uh, we support uh, bitcoin Test, testnet and mainnet and litecoin because litecoin was our test balloon for uh, the segment activation and that's all the, currency we, the currencies we currently have i mean you're obviously free to, uh, to, to build your own swap-based exchange, but you have to be aware that there are certain risks involved, yes.
3: Hi. My Hi. first Bitcoin wallet um, ran on my cell phone. I had to wait for to catch up with all the data. A long time ago? That uh, been 2011. And Bitcoin has come a very, very long way. There are lots of alt, alt currencies, etc. And some have come and some have gone. And there is a large wake of dead blockchain data. And some of us have built systems that rely on information in contracts and other things on that data. Who, aside from me, uh, who? Actually, is thinking about how we engage with the data in a blockchain that no longer has mining on it. Uh, I don't think no or nobody's proposing to remove mining
1: from from. I mean, are are you talking about Bitcoin or like other coins that have died off? Or because because in Bitcoin there's lots of mining.
3: <laughs> I, I understand that there's lots of mining in Bitcoin right now. Okay, But there are other blockchain technologies. And so as you extend out, say, I want to interface between Bitcoin and other things. I want to sit there and talk to contracts. I want to go and interface with something from Bitcoin blockchain and rely on data outside of the blockchain itself. What is the mechanism for for preservation of the external data that people in those contracts will rely on, in the event that those external data storage chains are no longer active.
2: So um, yes, yeah, so, so so one one of the often cited advantages of uh, of of Lightning is that we no longer store individual payments or individual data points in the in the blockchain itself. And the reason why that's that's cited as a positive is because well, it makes profiling hard. Um, but you're right, if, if we build, uh, build systems on top of that information that is no longer re- uh, 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 stored in a blockchain, then we might have a bit of a hard time. Uh, then again, I mean, uh, this information belongs to the, part, uh, to the people that actually participated in the payment in this case. And they can still provide, uh, provide this extra information anchored into the source of truth, which in our case is the Bitcoin blockchain. And have uh, they have now the power to selectively show this information to participants that might require it. So it's now it's uh, it's no longer just this broadcast medium where we insert data into a blockchain and just everybody can read from it, but it's now data that belongs to somebody, namely the participants of a payment, that are in, empowered to either show you this information or keep it secret from
1: you, if if they don't want to share it. Yes, I. Could, not hundred percent clear but but in, in many cases uh, so like I, I have a paper discrete log contracts which uses lightning channels and you can put external data into it uh, in a way that no one can tell that you're doing so um, so so in, in many cases the solution would be okay it is the responsibility of the contract participants to manage the data that's going into these contracts um, but you can make it small enough that you know your, your wallet is storing this stuff and you're, you're not querying out to some database altogether. So,
6: um, oh. Just shot it, it works. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um So I wanted to, to get back on the HTLC's question, I do want to clarify one thing, which is, my fault for sort of the live in the talk, but Interledger does use HTLC's for exactly what you're referring to, for attribution between counterparties. What it doesn't have is ledger enforcement of those HTLC's. So you can, when you have a multi, uh, long multi-hop uh, payment, attribute any faults. Um, the immediate counterparty to that particular um, you know, can attribute that fault and therefore can close the channel if they um, steal that payment. And I discussed that part offline. Um, I recognize that the American call option issue only applies for multi-asset network, but there's another problem with HTLCs, which is the griefing attack that's possible on the network, where if you receive a, pay- a long multi-op payment, you can just decline to fulfill that HTLC and therefore mock- lock up a multiple of your capital. On the network. So how do you how would you address that? Um, uh, yeah, you know, what, what are you are you concerned about what that could do to the network like the network if you don't use HLCs? So like the receiver doesn't release
1: R. Yeah. 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 Close the channel. Yeah. I mean <laughs> a lot of these things are like you, you close the channel and then things time out. Um,
2: so there there is there's questions where we don't have a definitive answer. And this is this is definitely one of um, and as a former researcher or current researcher, this is this is really the interesting stuff that that makes makes this interesting, right? This is this is a problem where we where we where we can put some energy into it and come up with new solutions, and hopefully we can eventually solve this. But we don't have Sorry. a definitive answer right now.
4: But if you are connected, if you have a channel with a node that is not playing nice, because is slower because it's not responding, uh, you're locking up money that is basically useless. So you will eventually close that channel. So it's not a definitive answer, but you will clean your channels uh, eventually and, and maybe not connect to that node again. But if, if, if a channel is, is not responsive, it's not usable, and you'll lock money in it, you will not keep it open.
6: With HLCS, it's not just the immediate counterpart of use it's the entire chain of upstream
4: um, that yeah but right. th- there is a node that is that has a direct channel that is not working so eventually it doesn't make sense for them to keep you
2: open. So if, if, if you're a bad actor in this network then, then it's quite uh, quite likely that eventually everybody will just hate you and not connect to you anymore. And uh, this this attack node exactly being free also means that you are putting putting aside some collateral with it. Now the griefing attack allows you to have multiple of that amount being locked up but it's still not free and you basically
5: you basically become really unpopular on the network so I have a couple questions um, so uh, one uh, I know a lot of people talk about like the fact that lightning uh, allows people to make transactions that they wouldn't otherwise be able to make on-chain such as like dust transactions or even sub-satoshi transactions and there's some arguments that that could be trusted in some ways. Um, so I'm wondering uh, how you guys think about that and how you get around that trustedness. Um, and then on a slightly related but but different topic for uh, those of us who are slightly less technical in the room, um, how do you see you know people getting onboarded more and more as we go forward? Because you know, like at least what's visible. There's you know over 600 BTC on the on Lightning right now, but there's still like a long way to go, right? So those are two things I've been wondering about. You can just touch on that quickly. So,
2: so with the trustedness, you you mean that uh, some of the payments are so small that you can't really enforce them on uh, on the Bitcoin blockchain? Okay. sub Satoshi. Well, the, uh,
1: the the whole, whole dust thing. <laughs> yeah, so, Well, there's two right. There's there's sub Satoshi, which like could never possibly. Yeah. Do anything, and then there's
2: there's so, so, so the way I remember Melissa Toshies being introduced that was, was Joseph.
1: Yeah. was that? I credits okay, no, I was always against it. So I'm still, I'm still like in the <laughs> Austria, I think like we need to get rid of
0: get rid of some Satoshi. And, okay, apparently it was
2: Joseph, but uh, but the basic idea was that uh, that he said that uh, okay, we can we can send one 100 millionth of a, of a bitcoin, and bitcoin currently is over one thousand dollars so uh. One millionth of a cent is still bigger than a satoshi, so we can't talk about micropayments when it comes to to Bitcoin anymore. And then somebody spun off and said, "Oh, we should we should actually do our internal accounting in uh, thousands of a satoshi," and that's where the whole millisatoshi thing came from. Um, but yes, you're, you're right. We can't really enforce them on uh, on chain. Uh, but as I mentioned, it, it's basically an account uh, bookkeeping trick, right? Uh, if we if we accumulate enough uh, uh, enough of these tiny payments, then eventually we will come uh, go above a threshold that can actually be enforced. And probably it's only then when you actually care about this, because well, if if the value is so small that that you can't represent it in your in, in your system and you're rounding down amounts of satoshis anyway, then it's highly, uh, highly likely that you don't really care uh, about these tiny amounts until you have millions of them, and then you actually can enforce them again. So it's more of internal bookkeeping rather than anything else.
5: And then I was hoping, Fabrice, you might touch on the onboarding, since you've been working in the mobile, mobile uh, wallet space.
4: Yeah, uh, our idea is, we want Lightning to grow, and for this, it needs to be reliable, and you need to have uh, good tools for everyone. And we believe that, basically, if you want to build a lightning wallet, you have three options today. It's a custodian, it's a remote control. That is, you have a lightning node somewhere, and you have a small application that controls it. Uh, And you can try to have a a full lightning node that runs on your mobile. That's what we're trying to do. And we have to deal with the limitations of what you can do on the mobile. And the biggest limitation is it's offline most of the time. So you have to catch up when you start. And if you want something that is usable within a few seconds, then you need to catch up on the, the, the Bitcoin blockchain this uh, through uh, the uh, Electrum protocol. And you have to catch up on Lightning. Uh, you have your view, local view of the routing network has to be good enough so you can route payments uh, as soon as you're started. And uh, we're, we're pushing hard for small changes in specs. That's what we're really with this use case. using basically being able to synchronize your network view as quickly as possible. But we believe that um, providing users with um, all the options of a full lightning node is one of the best ways to onboard users. And having a network that is as as reliable as possible is a good way of of making people invent use cases. And that's what I meant when I said we don't, don't, I'm not saying we don't care about use cases, but things like Satoshi's Place or that uh, the chicken camera feed, is it's, it's fun and it's not something we came, we, we came up with, and I think if we build good pipes for payments and good, tool, good tools to use the pipes, people will do things with it.
2: Yeah, I think we should also mention that uh, you mentioned these uh, three graduations of, uh, of uh, nodes, uh, basically you have a custodial wallet or have a, have a remote control wallet or have a full mode on your, on your phone, basically. Those are not really discrete steps, right? There's yes. graduations of this and, and it's interesting for me, for example, to, to see that some of these graduations are worse than, than, uh, than, than uh, the custodial wallet, for example. Uh, there is, for example, a fork of a uh, of clear which uh, shall not be named. Um, which uh, has outsourced the route finding and the maintenance of the, of the local topology view uh, to a centralized server. And uh, that's really the worst of both worlds because, well, you're basically telling the service, hey, I'd like to send five bucks for my coffee there, please give me a path, but you're still, uh, you're still able to lose your phone and uh, hence lose your money, right? So you've given away all of your privacy, but still have the capacity of actually losing your phone. Your um, and, and so I, I think that's that's important to see that it's it's a hard challenge, and, and but it's worth tackling it. Yes,
4: because if you can't provide the option, then at least if you have the option, you can choose not to use it, and maybe lose some privacy and, and that's something that is faster to use. But at least we'd like to, to push things. Uh, so I go. The 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 main reason for a lot of things is the resource yes.
1: cost of the actual run. So so the more the more you can optimize, the more you can reduce this. Then you give you give people options. Just because it's easier to run, you know, Electrum than watching on Info, uh, or, or I mean the opposite. I guess it, you know you you try to make them as easy as possible as possible. But you still are going to have people using, you know, posted.
2: Right, and and I think that's that's perfectly fair, right? I mean, we we can't force people to use the most secure version and to spend the time to become informed about what is out there, and that this doesn't just apply to Lightning, by the way. This is this is for Bitcoin and, and all of the security-related uh, information. We only, the only thing we as developers can do is give options that sort of have good trade-offs, and uh, uh, and if if people are willing to go that extra mile and invest time to to learn about the trade-offs and then make an informed decision. That's fine, but we can't force them, and we shouldn't shame people for not going that extra mile, uh, because there there's far more important stuff that they need to do in their day-to-day lives. And and so we we need to work hard on making these secure options easy to use and and accessible, and and but but. We, Really don't
5: have any any power up, uh, over their decisions, and that's perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. So I think we're running short on time. We have time for like two more questions. I know that you two have had your hands raised for a while, so will okay, do, do those two. Great. Break for lunch.
1: There's a, a ton of fascination in like the broader crypto space with you know the identity solution, right? Um, I think it was maybe a month or two months ago on the Lightning Dev um, mailing list where there was talk about um, proof of payment as a standard for that. Um, with just just using hash pre-images as showing, you know, you don't need to know who I am, but you can see that I have paid for this piece of digital content in the past. Um, I was wondering if you guys could kind of expand on that um, and, and talk about kind of how, specifically, I'm really interested in, in the mechanism of how that would work, uh, you know, securely storing hash pre-images, maybe in a recent, in a mobile environment. Um, so just kind of proof of payment overall and then kind of the mechanism of, of how it would work.
2: So, uh, R- Rusty is a bit critical about using pre-images just for, uh, okay. uh, only pre-images for, for authentication uh, uh, sakes, especially because these pre-images are shared with the wider network, or at least with the with the participants of the route that, that you've taken, right? Uh, so there is no really unique way of saying, hey, I'm the guy who paid it. I'm, there's just a way of saying, hey, somebody paid this, and, and we should be fine with this. And that matches, that matches the usual use case that, that I go to when, when I say, hey, we have an agreement that if I pay x, I will get delivery off of service y. And then I can show the pre-image and say, hey, this contract, by the way, was fulfilled, and I should be getting whatever was promised to me. Um, Without auxiliary information, it's probably not a good idea to just use preimages uh, for authentication. But uh, well, yeah, there's there's more advanced things we can do that that would give you way way more security when it comes to uh, it, uh, uh, to, to uh, identifying the one who and making it pers- a personalized proof of payment uh, mm-hmm. that that does not give a wider uh, network video, the access to whatever you're trying to.
1: There's a bunch of trade-offs in Lightning more so than Bitcoin, where there's like identity. Whereas in Bitcoin, you got like, I have my node. I, I don't. I want to. I don't want to minimize identity pretty much everywhere I can. Uh, nodes don't have publicly identifiable keys. Uh, you know, you want to have addresses that you want to use all these things. Whereas in Lightning, it's like no. These nodes do have an identity, and you do sort of build up a, a type of reputation. Like we were saying, uh, but it's tricky. Like you don't. You don't want an identity, but. You in some of these things. So, yeah. it's a trickier problem.
2: All welcome. Right, okay. okay. um, so, my question is uh, mostly from the perspective of someone who's actually working on Interledger, and we use Lightning for like micropayments between counterparties. Um, and one thing that I noticed today that I'm really curious about how you guys think about this in the future is like multi hop payments are a first class citizen in Lightning. How is the time latency? Going to be from a UX perspective. Because today at least, and I have no idea like how far this projects in the future, a one-hop payment is a wonderful, beautiful experience in Lightning. Even a two-hop payment is a terrible experience in Lightning. Latencies go up to like one, two seconds, and I'm trying to send hundred of them, like it's just not gonna happen fast enough for my use case. And so, like, what are the odds of you know five hop payments being fast in Lightning in five years? Or should I think of that as like an unlikely thing? Uh, so, so without anything that is guiding the network construction towards having local channels first, uh, you will probably see a uh, uh, very high latency for for the foreseeable future at least, uh, because speed of light doesn't change all that often, uh, That's and what I and, and, right there. and the uh, uh, and having round trips over to, from here to Australia and back and forth like four times, uh, it's still going to be. Uh, 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 quite a long time, but uh, there are some ideas being floated about uh, about this network being built from from actual use of uh, of it. And since we're in the same room, it's quite uh, quite a lot more likely that we have a transfer uh, uh, between us rather than me sending to somebody in Australia. So the density of the network might correspond to uh, to a local distance as well for
1: a scale-free graph. Five hops seems like really long. Like you might someday, but it, it just seems like you know you'll have a Pareto distribution of yeah. Most payments are one or two hops, and then it gets as you get it further in hops it they become very infrequent. And so it's it's annoying that it takes a long time, but you rarely
2: have to deal with it. So the the the, the, the diameter of the current network uh, of the current strong connected component is five, by the way. Uh, so that's that's probably the absolute worst case you. Uh, you could encounter in today's network. Although I've seen people route through night.
5: But probably for fun. <laughs> right, thank you. Awesome. So, I, I think we could probably keep asking you guys questions all day oh, long. We, we will
2: be around, so yeah, if, if, um, if you catch us, uh, at least I'm happy to talk lightning all day long. Yeah.
0: So I hope you all enjoyed the, um, the lightning scaling story with those speakers. Uh, I, I know I did if you want to reach me, you could find me on Twitter at CoinIcarus or on Telegram, same same name, at CoinIcarus. Or if you want to shoot me an email, I'm um, funwithcrypto at protonmail.com. Catch you all next time.